For decades, secular scientists have been trying to prove that humans evolved from an ape-like ancestor. However, one of their strongest arguments in favor of human evolution actually disproves it. So what is it? Stay tuned. The fossils absolutely, and I can say this categorically, absolutely disprove human evolution. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. The Fossil Record. How many times have we heard evolutionary scientists and professors claim this as evidence that we evolved from ape-like creatures? Well, in actuality, the fossil record tells us quite the opposite of what many scientists would have us believe. Please stay with us for the next 15 minutes as we focus on human evolution and the fossil record. We'll also discuss other reasons why human evolution is an impossibility. So why is it that human beings are compared to apes? James Perloff, author of the book Tornado in a Junkyard, says it mainly has to do with physical appearance. Darwin just looked at human beings and saw that they were closer to apes than other animals, and he, he did this. This is the kind of logic Darwin used, okay? We all know that brothers and sisters look somewhat like each other because they have the same parents. And so Darwin took this correct observation beyond its logical boundaries. He would look at a man and a tiger He'd say, well, the man's got two eyes, the tiger's got two eyes, the man's got four legs, the tiger's got four legs. And he would say, well, look at all the resemblances between men and tigers. And he would say, well, we all know that brothers look like each other because they have the same parents. He'd say, well, since you see all these resemblances between men and tigers, they must have a common ancestor, a common parent, but way back on the evolutionary tree. Although evolutionists claim to have found fossils that are transitional forms between ape-like creatures and man... They are nothing more than extinct primates that have been falsely interpreted with no evidence to back up such a claim. Not only are transitional forms not found in the fossil record, we don't see any living creatures in a transformational state either. You know, according to Darwin's theory, we went from microbe to marine invertebrate, you know, jellyfish-type animal, to fish with a backbone, to an amphibian, to a reptile, to a mammal, to an ape-like creature, to a man. Well, a question to ask, of course, is, and this is what creationists start doing, is, well, where are all the transitional forms? You know, there's um, all these species out there, and how many are transitional forms? Uh, none of them. I mean, when you are in school, you study about reptiles and mammals and amphibians and microbes, but are there any transitional forms between them? And the answer is no. There's not a single living transitional form out there. So the evolutionists have to say, well, they all became extinct, which sounds a little fishy, considering all the steps that would be necessary, to say, to change a fish into a walking creature was just impossible. But not only do we not see transitional forms in the living world around us, it's lacking in the fossil world. Professor Marvin Lubinow, author of the book Bones of Contention, has been studying the history of human evolution and the fossils associated with it for the last 35 years. His work includes charting the evolutionary timeline of fossils used as evidence for evolution. What I've been doing is tabulating these and getting information on them and putting them on a chart according to the evolutionist dating because according to evolution we should have evolved from the australopithecines which is quite a heavy word for the ape-like creatures that we're supposed to have evolved from through the homo erectus that is a java peking man type of person on through archaic homo sapiens on through the neanderthals on to big, beautiful you and me. And so, according to the evolutionist dating, 
these fossils should fall roughly in a line covering that over a three million year time span. However, what Professor Lubinow found was that these fossils and the sequence in which they supposedly evolved into modern day humans don't match up. And in fact, some fossils that are considered descendants are actually older than their ancestors. Anatomically modern Homo sapiens is the term they use for you and me. These fossils can go back all the way almost to four million years by evolutionist dating. And the Neanderthals, the Homo erectus fossils, archaic Homo sapiens, these various categories all lived as contemporaries. And they go back uh, further, some of them much further than our evolutionary ancestors. And it's very basic to evolution that a descendant can't be the same age as its ancestor because the ancestor has to be older to evolve into the descendant. And so uh, these fossils do not constitute an evolutionary continuum going from uh, rather archaic and primitive to modern, but they were actually all living at the same time and as contemporary not only with one another but as contemporary with with our ancestors the apish ancestors from which from whom we're supposed to have come so uh, the fossils absolutely and i can say this categorically absolutely disprove human evolution so how do evolutionists react to the fact that fossils of human descendants actually predate fossils of assumed human ancestors what happens is when you find fossils of great age that are indistinguishable from modern humans, as I have listed in my book, they are always interpreted as being something else. And what I have done is to interpret them according to their, their shape. If they're indistinguishable from modern humans, I call them modern humans. Now, the evolutionist doesn't do that. He changes the methodology. When fossils get too old to be in the category that he feels they ought to be in to, to fit evolution, he gives them a different name and calls them something else. The same thing is true of a uh, an elbow bone that's almost four million years that was found in the 1960s by Patterson of Harvard. They put it on a computer, compared it with chimpanzees, modern humans, and all the fossils they had at the time. And the computer said it was identical to modern humans. But that's impossible because of the age. And so uh, to this day, evolutionists call it an Australopithecine. As stated earlier, Australopithecines are ape-like creatures which evolutionists claim as our ancestors. But in reality, they're an extinct type of ape. Professor Lubinow gives us more details. The Australopithecines are a group of extinct primates that date from about 3 million to 1 million years ago, according to the evolutionists. And the evolutionists believe that they were bipedal. That's highly uh, debated. Creationists challenge it, and even some evolutionists challenge it. But they happen to be the only possible evolutionary ancestor that's in the ball game right now. And evolutionists believe that bipedalism, that is the ability to walk on two feet, arose before the brain enlarged. And so uh, they desperately need 
these are australopithecines. But because some modern human fossils predate these australopithecines, the fossil record disproves human evolution. So why then is the evolutionary idea of humans evolving from these ape-like creatures still being propagated? Well, James Perloff says it's widely accepted simply because it's widely taught. You know, there's a phenomenon that is called the big lie. You know, a big lie is something that's repeated so often that it's accepted as true. And this is really the case for evolution, despite the tremendous body of evidence that is against it, because evolution has been so successful in keeping challenges to Darwin's theory out of the schools, a lot of people just aren't aware of it. You know, when something is taught to you with someone with the authority of a PhD, and people say, well, gee, this is taught by all these, these scientists, it must be true. Besides the fossil record, there are many other arguments against human evolution and for creation. Dr. Gary Parker is an ICR biologist and founder of the Creation Adventures Museum in Arcadia, Florida. He says the human ability to use language to communicate shows that we did not evolve. Perhaps one of the most major disproofs of evolution, at least the concept that man has evolved from ape-like ancestors, especially chimpanzees, is language skill. You know, we hear all these stories about how uh, chimpanzees can be taught to ask for bananas and to carry on a conversation and things like that. But none of that's true. They can be taught sign language and they can be taught to type, but they lack the area in the brain, they lack the nerve and muscle connections to the tongue and the throat to really make human sounds. They can make like, oop, 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 and oop, and that's about it. <laughs> and, uh, of course, voice inflection and, and uh, is one of the distinctives that really sets man apart from many other creatures, so much so that it would be make more sense to look for another creature for an ancestor that had something like the language potential, the ability to make sound, and the ability to interpret sound. But even the animals that possess better vocal skills than other creatures still can't match the ability that God has given man to communicate. God did design other creatures with a much greater range of voices, like a number of birds and so on. And animals do have ways of communicating. Porpoises do a fantastic job, but nothing like human communication. In fact, voice communication was almost specifically left out of the ape-like ancestors just to make sure nobody got the idea that we evolved from those ape-like creatures. Dr. Parker adds that as far as communication skills go, porpoises have more in common with humans than apes do. The best friend of people is not really gorillas at all, but porpoises. You know, porpoises have rescued sailors at sea, and they do all kinds of things, and they demonstrate a certain kind of altruism, and they're more social with people than many of the apes are, and yet obviously nobody claims that's an evidence of our evolutionary relationship. No, God originally created us to take care of his creation, and he gave us the ability to interact with those over whom we have care. But that's the end of that story. There's no evidence for evolution there at all. Another important human quality that separates us from the animals and argues against evolution is that of reasoning or contemplation. One of the big differences, of course, when we consider man and his supposed evolutionary ancestors I think all of us have seen pictures of a chimpanzee, you know, sitting pensively on a rock, rubbing their chin, you know, thinking about the future. And <laughs> you can almost see, you know, the progress of evolution in their, their forward-looking glance. 
But of course, nothing is further from the truth. God has created us special and unique, given us care of his creation. And it's man who thinks about the future of the planet. It's man who thinks about the responsibility to others in his society and others in generations to follow. Chimpanzees, you know, if they're looking at anything, they're looking at, how can I get that banana? (laughs) And for them, that's just about as far as it goes. But the most important part of being created human and not having evolved from ape-like ancestors is the fact that we were created in God's image and have an eternal soul. It looks like God has designed us with a spiritual dimension, put eternity into our hearts, as we read in Ecclesiastes, so that we cannot find out what happened from the beginning to the end unless we listen to the loving words of our living Creator God. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.